Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Hot, hot. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. Lock it in. It is time to lock in those lineups. Welcome to Lineup Locked, your weekly guide into everything that is going on in the world of fantasy football. This is Zach, your host. I has I have, as always, with me my player two and player three, Lee and Chris. Say hello, team. Hello, team. Hello, team. So Lee is actually traveling with us right now. So Lee is on a train. So he uh, may or may not go in and out during this podcast episode. It's it's more of like a radio type situation. So just want to prepare any listeners what they have. I, I expect everything will be fine, but who knows what happens if a tunnel happens to to happen or if Indiana Jones decides to take over his uh, train. I would I would hate to see that, you know, to protect him from individuals looking for treasure. Because well, that's what I imagine happens on trains. Well, if Indiana Jones is there, it's for the greater good. They, are, they did start filming the new movie Cease and this assist, weekend. Lee. Cease and assist if you see Dr. Jones. Of course. <laughs> so on this episode today, we got a lot of uh, good things to talk about. We are going to break down quarterbacks 11 through 25. So we'll get the quarterbacks finished up. What are our thoughts on who's undraftable, who's draftable? Are they in the right spot? Is, is waiting on them the best uh, strategy. Uh, we're also going to play a little Would You Rather to close. I went on Fantasy Calculator and pulled up some interesting tidbits for what you could be staring at if you're in, in a draft situation here in, in, in two months when the drafts are really going live big time. And then uh, Lee is actually going to talk to us about his two articles. Uh, one is on why you should not draft uh, Chris Goodwin, and the other one is about his love for Chubb. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see all his insights, and I'm excited to hear all that good stuff. So, did you guys? Did you guys see? I know. I don't. I'm not really a professional wrestling fan per se, but apparently Goldberg almost died in the ring last night. Did, did you guys hear about this? I knew he he was fighting the Undertaker. Apparently, there's a big Saudi Arabia event going on, and uh, the two oldest wrestlers in the world they decided it would be a good idea to fight each other. So it was Goldberg and uh, the Undertaker. So the Undertaker was tombstone pile driving uh, Goldberg, and either the Undertaker dropped him, or, or uh, he'd let go and he landed square on his head, like in the most ugly looking, awkward, like it looked like it killed him way possible. It was wild. Somebody shared it on the internet, so I retweeted it and. Goodness gracious! Those guys need to hang it up. They, they look like they, they they look like they did more because you're, the object is not to hurt each other, and they look like they were hurting each other because they can't do the moves anymore. It was it was it was hurtful. Well, they're in the they're both in their sixties or late fifties. Oh my gosh! Crazy. Oh, it was wild. So that's <laughs> so. Anywho, that was uh that was rough for sure. So. So we're going to start with quarterbacks, Lee. Okay, so before we do that, let's talk about our Twitter handle so people know where to find us. Uh, as always, you can find me. I am at Chew on Sports. Lee, what is your uh, Twitter handle, sir? Yeah, I'm at Dynasty Dingo. You can find me at CTemp03. Perfect. As always, before we get started in the quarterback ranks, I am going to do a little public service announcement for everyone. Uh, as you know, we've had quite the week at Creator Rank. Uh, we launched last weekend, and it's been it's been awesome. Uh, I think almost all of our articles have what probably right at around two hundred reads so far. Yeah. So uh, the 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 fans and the people who've come to the site it's it's been amazing so far. So I want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. 
It's our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting our content, putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank, that's C-R-E-A-T-E-R-A-N-K, and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. So, on to the Borafil, gentlemen. It is time. So let me pull up. This is on Fantasy Pro, so this is going to be consensus rankings on quarterbacks. So we're going to start, like we said at the beginning of the show, it's going to be 11 through 25 that we're going to cover this episode. All right? So staring at us in the face at number 11 is Jameis Winston. And then if you go all the way down to 25, you've got Derek Carr. So we're going to kind of just touch on each guy in this range and see if we like where they're at, if we don't like where they're at, or if we would just kind of just pass and and wait for one of the other guys we like more. So we're going to start with you, Lee, because you've obviously done an article on Tampa Bay. What do you think about Jameis Winston? He's he's ranked 11. Are you you just staying away? Yeah, um, at 11 is a little bit too high for me. I like I like Bruce Arians as a coach, as an offensive mind, but I can't imagine they get more pass heavy than they were last year. And I just think that there's some other guys who I'd, I'd prefer over him. So he's a little too high for me. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I think he's too high. Uh, I know they were him and Fitzpatrick finished what top five in fantasy points if he's the total weight. But number two, number two. It, yeah. it, it's a whole new system though. And do we really trust Jameis Winston? to do what a quarterback should do? I, I think here's here's my Jameis Winston conundrum. I, I'm the data's weird. Being number eleven on this list is I, I, I can't I can't buy it. He's over Phillip Rivers, he's over Dak Prescott, he's over Lamar Jackson, Mitch Trubisky, Tom Brady. That's just odd to me. Right, like from that. A fantasy like I, I see, I see why people do it, and once again, it's probably because of the Bruce Arians hype. It's probably because of what happened last season with them being the combined number two. So I certainly get that. But here's here's my thing about uh, Jameis Winston. Have you guys seen the Friday the Thirteenth movies, Lee? Have you seen Friday the Thirteenth? I know you're younger. Have you seen any of them at yeah, all? Yeah, I, I have. I have. Okay, perfect. Chris, you've obviously seen them, right? Yes, I've seen all of them. So what does Jason Voorhees do? He never goes away, right? He just finds a way to freaking come and just do anything to just destroy the world, and it's it's rough. <laughs> and he just it just seems like it's like the Terminator. He just comes, and he, and he keeps coming after you, and it's nothing you can do to stop it. Well, one could say that Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's no longer in Tampa, he's in Miami, is that guy. Oh, yeah. Everywhere he goes... He takes down the quarterback and he gets a start, right? Do you know who else who else does that? It's Blaine Gabbert. So Arians brought a guy that knows his system, which is Blaine Gabbert in there. A, probably to be kind of a mentor and help Winston out from the sideline. I, I get that aspect. But he finds a way to get a couple starts. Tennessee, he started a few games last year. Actually won a few games last year. Well, they had no choice but to start with Tennessee last year. Right, Mariota got injured. So... Not to say that Gabbert's better than Winston. I don't think that at all. But Winston will throw picks. Winston will throw picks. He will make questionable decisions. And as a coach, you always have a you always have a situation that you have to ask yourself when that happens. And that is, do I keep riding with my quarterback, or do I need to make a change to try to win this game? So, and most leagues heavily penalize uh, interceptions quite a bit. I mean, you're talking of losing two or three points. That's that's 30 yards of production you can lose right there. If he's throwing two a game, that's that's a touchdown that you're losing just right there. So I'm passing on Winston. I'm, I'm a buyer if he falls. So if you're in a, a league that is a hater and people keep passing on him, I would. But 11 is way, way too rich for me. So we've got uh, sitting right below him is Goff, who I would absolutely draft over Winston at number 12. Lee, do you like 12? Do you think that's too low for Goff? Or do you think he's a top 10 guy? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like um, I like Goff at that spot. The one thing that worries me is that teams might start to figure him out now that he can't really read a defense. Like I know that the Patriots did super successfully in the Super Bowl that limited them to only three points was that McVay has been, is in 
Goff's ear for the first 15 seconds or whatever, or the, until the last 15 seconds, and then they shut him off. So they were disguising all their defenses so that McVay couldn't make the reads for Goff, and Goff struggled mightily. So I think that if NFL teams can start to do that, you know, we might see the steady decline of Jared Goff. But for now, I mean, it's a good spot for him. Are we sure he can't read defenses? I mean, he did. We're not really, sure. I mean, it's a one-year sample size. I think Bill Belichick knows how to destroy someone's soul, and I think that he made sure to do that. But at the same, Goff can he can bootleg, um, and he's it's it's a loaded offense, so it's certainly worth the risk. I agree with Lee. It's it, we don't know. I mean, year three, year four for quarterbacks is really telling. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did a lot of talk about that on the the fan on one hundred five three the fan this week about quarterbacks going from year three to year four. Year four is usually their most productive season out of their first four years. That's when the light really clicks. Three years of experience, fourth year, okay, we've got this. Let's go. You, if you're not any good after year four. You're just not going to be a good quarterback. And and you know what too with uh, when it comes down to golf, in my opinion, we'll see the David Montgomery hype is very real. And unfortunately, I might own more Todd Gurley in leagues than I owe David Montgomery because I'm I'm hearing crazy stories and mocks and in these leagues, David Montgomery's going like in the sixth and seventh round. That's a hard pass, man. Like come on, like Gurley's still alive, he's still a face, still going to play. Like I get it, he's going to be limited, but the games that golf. Did the most poor were whenever uh, McVay got too cute with his play calling. Not necessarily stopped using Gurley because Gurley was always out there until the injury happened, right? But you look at the Bears game and then Lee, the game versus your Eagles in particular. Those were two. Yep. Those were two games where Gurley had less than less than twelve runs in both games, and he was fully healthy on those two games as well. Now, don't get me wrong. On the Eagles game, he caught some balls and he was very productive from a fantasy standpoint, but. The Bears game was one of the few situations he had under 10 points, and I think he ran the ball four times that game. Well, I think a big thing for them also, is for him, losing Cooper Cup really changed the dynamics of that offense last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As soon as Cup got hurt, the offense wasn't as good. I mean, they lost. He's probably their best wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Talent-wise, Brandon Cooks is better. I know I know we're talking quarterbacks, but I, I still think Cooper Cup was a big loss to that offense, and that threw them off. They weren't as good the last month of the season. And if, we, know, the and if we all know one thing, it's that McVay is about as obsessed with offense as Belichick is with schemes, right? Yeah. And I think he knows where he faltered and fell short as a coach, and I think that going away from running did that, and I think that's a big reason why they have a, just so many running backs there now, to where if Gurley can't get it done, he does have some spades, so to speak, or... If he does only want to do, hey, Gurley, you're only going to get 15 touches a game now. I've got uh, guys that can equal the other 10 to 15 touches. So I'm intrigued to see where it is. But I think that Goff at 12, I think that's a really safe spot for him. Uh, If you're waiting on quarterback, which we on this podcast urge you to do, we want you to win your league. We treat, if you are playing fantasy football for money, we treat your money like it's ours. We want we want you to we want to tell you what decisions we would make, and if if you're sitting there and it's the tenth round, it's the twelfth round, and you haven't picked a quarterback yet, and golf is there, I I can I can co-sign and tell you you can draft him with confidence. Yeah, I mean like years back, I would sit there and I would wait for Matt Stafford because I knew he was going to be a top ten fantasy quarterback, and everybody else would take the run on all these other good quarterbacks, and I would just take best player available. And I would just stack my team, and then in the eighth or ninth round, because Stafford, people hate on Stafford, I'd pick him up right there. Well, it's a winning strategy. What happens if you don't wait on quarterback is you need to take lottery. You need to you need to draft for lottery tickets. You need to look at guys who could potentially be in high octane offenses and get the targets, or maybe they're the backup to the guy, and they could get the lion's share of of, of touches in the run game, because. That's what's going to make you win. Having Philip Rivers or X isn't going to necessarily make you win. Philip Rivers obviously is in the discussion, but you know, drafting Drew Brees in the fourth round is is not a good play, I think. So next is Ben Roethlisberger, and I think he's way too low. I think he's going to be probably in the top six or seven again this year. He was the number three, I think, fantasy quarterback last season. If I'm wrong, please correct me, but. I think a lot of people are thinking that the loss of Antonio Brown is going to make him take a big step back. 
So I think I'm a buyer on Big Ben. I won a championship in one of my leagues with Big Ben last year. And I think 13 is way too low. If people are passing because of that, I'm going to end up with Ben on a lot of my teams. Lee, what are your thoughts on Ben? Yeah, that's funny. I'm actually the opposite. I'm, I'm fading Big Ben. You're right. He did finish his quarterback three. But I think that, for one, they're going to become a more balanced offense because they don't – I mean, they lost one of the best receivers in the league. You know, it's not like – there's not going to be a, a difference in their offense when they, when you lose a guy like an impact player like that. Right. And I don't know. I just think that I like I like Juju a lot, but I don't know if, if the combination of um, Juju, Dante Moncrief, and I'm not sure if Deontay and James Washington or Deontay Johnson. I just don't know if that's going to put up elite fantasy production. So I think that it's probably a good spot to draft him. But I'll take other guys over him for sure just because of the uncertainty, and I think that the offense becomes a little bit more balanced uh, this time around. What do you think, Chris? I mean, yeah, I'm over here looking at Fantasy Pro, and I see that Roethlisberger's got an ADP of 14.3. Kyler Murray, right below him, has got an ADP of 14.4. I mean, if I'm at that point and Roethlisberger's the only quarterback on the board, I'm absolutely going to take him. But if I've got the ability to go Goff or Winston, I would take those both of them before I would take Roethlisberger at this point. Really? Yeah. See, I'm a buyer on Big Ben, and maybe it's because of the success I've been with him. Now, I do I do say this. I, I say that if you're in this range of quarterbacks we're talking right now, that it's okay. And most fantasy experts will tell you that you should draft one quarterback, right? You should be a one-quarterback drafter. Um, that's really for if you have Mahomes or one of the top – or Deshaun Watson. Hey, man, fill your buy-in when it comes, or it depends on what kind of league you're in. But if I'm drafting Ben Roethlisberger, I probably am going to draft somebody else just to make sure I can play a few matchups just in case I'm not right. You're not really paying a, a top value if he continues to be ranked and going at this spot, but just, just in case the, the fall-off is a real thing. Now, one thing I do suspect, and I was having a debate with our Dynasty host, Lou, about this on his podcast, actually, Thursday night. Um, I think that they're going to actually, I think Tomlin's going to change his ways a little bit and go a little bit more run heavy. So I agree with Lee that I think that they're going to realize that's a direction they need to go because they don't have the top wide receiver in the game anymore. And I expect for Connor, Jalen Samuels, and maybe even Snell to get some play. I think that I think he might actually change what he's doing, and once again, we got to see it to know it. But luckily, the ADP of the two guys behind Connor support late round flyers, lottery ticket type picks being okay. So Kyler Murray is right behind Big Ben at fourteen, and I've touted it on the show, and I'm going to continue to tout that I think it's the year of the running quarterback. And I personally think that Murray is going to go even later in drafts than that. Depending on who you draft with, there might be an OU homer or a Cardinals homer in your league that you need to keep 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 eyes on. But uh, I think Kyler Murray is going to have a fine fantasy season just because of the uptick of that offense. Do I think it's going to be wins? No, but fantasy, yes. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think of Kyler at fourteen? Is that is that just right? Uh, well, I, we had Jenna on the podcast last week, and we we talked about this about the new air raid offense and everything. They're running in Arizona. The only thing that worries me, and this is off of Jenna's, uh, off of her uh, her report, they don't have a good offensive line. He's going to have to run a lot. If David Johnson can't be productive like he was his rookie year, he's going to be running a lot. I just don't know if he's going to be able to stay in the pocket. I mean, health is going to be a big concern. He's going to get hit a lot. I think so. I think, though, maybe not. If your objective is to get 90 plays a game, there's, there's a lot of quick passes. What, what are your thoughts, Lee? Yeah, I'm a big, big believer in Kyler Murray. Um, believer that the air raid offense can succeed with him at the helm, especially. I think that he's elusive enough where he'll avoid some of those, those um, those sacks that are due to a, a poor offensive line. And I don't know. I think he's just got all, all the talent in the world. So for him, I, I'd rank him higher. I have ranked him higher. And I think that he's going to be a slam dunk QB1 for you uh, and win you some championships. I agree with you completely, 100%. Up next is 15, that's Dak Prescott. So we're uh, we're here in Dallas, so I'll let you take this one to start, Lee. <laughs> yes, so Dak is the quarterback version of Brandon Cooks, whereas everyone kind of disrespects him, and especially from a fantasy perspective, 
and they don't draft him where he should be drafted, which is quarterback 11, which is where he always finishes. So I think that he should be even higher, or maybe he's probably in the right spot, but you know, you draft Dak late when he drops to the 15th or 16th quarterback, and he'll give you QB 11, QB 10 value. So he's a, he's a good, safe play. I have a little bit of inside inside uh, OTA information that I'm going to drop on our listeners right now about Dak Prescott. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys hired a new quarterback coach in the offseason who is John Kitna. Uh, you might have heard of the guy. Yeah, and... Of course, so, I know John Kitna. John, I was 16. Yeah, yeah. John Kitna was... Uh, he had a, quite a long career, right? Played for the Bengals, played for the Lions. Yep. So he had an, an interview that went viral, actually, whenever he got hired from some high school camp. And it was talking about footwork and the importance of footwork. And he was talking about how it was like his eighth year in the league. And he didn't learn how uh, 11th year in the league. And he didn't learn how important footwork was until he went to Detroit to work with Mike Martz. So that's one of the big things he was brought to Dak, and all I'm hearing from OTAs is two things. I'm hearing that Tony Pollard is flashing the running back, so keep him on your fantasy radar, people. And I'm hearing that Dak is looking like a different quarterback as far as his movement, his pocket presence, and his footwork is, is looking good. So, Nelly, I know you as an Eagles fan aren't paying attention to Dallas practices. In fact, no one, unless you're in Dallas, is paying attention to this, but... Dak Prescott is notorious for not looking good in practice, not looking good in training camp, but yet when you throw him on the field, it still kind of doesn't look good, but he makes it happen, if that makes sense. So if he's practicing well, that could be a big sign. So anybody who's listening to us right now, if you're going to wait on quarterback, like Lee said, the guy more than likely is going to get close to the top 10. It's He's going later than all of these guys. It might be the guy to wait on it and, and put on your lineup. Chris, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, if, you know, with all those guys, you know, Winston, Goff, Roethlisberger, Murray, Prescott, those five five quarterbacks, that 11 through 15 range right there, the only guy really that I wouldn't want to draft would be probably Winston. And, I, I mean, I really don't I, don't, I just don't trust the guy. But if, if Dak Prescott's available, he finished as QB number four the last month of the season last year as far as fantasy value. Right. So... If he's sitting right there at 15, you're five, six rounds in, and he's sitting there, take the guy. And I look for every advantage, and I know that we need our listeners to know that. You want to look for every advantage possible whenever you have a quarterback that you're waiting on, right? Well, Dak's going to run a little bit, so you're going to get some points on the ground. And also, at the same time, what Dak's also going to do is he's not going to throw picks, so you're not going to lose points. So that's one thing that we can give you insight on. So at number 16, this is a pass for me, man. I, I, I mean, when's it going to happen? I don't know. I mean, sure, the value's here, but it's Phillip Rivers is sitting at number 16. Uh, the offense is good. I mean, it's he's going to give you what you need. What do you think, Lee, with Phillip Rivers at number 16? Is that a, is that a value for the guy, or is that right just where he's going to be? I think that a lot of people have the same – thought process is you where it's like oh he's been like very mediocre and he's getting older and he's got that weird throwing motion and I think he could fall to like quarterback 20 or so and I think this is probably fair value because he did finish the QB 11 last year right and he gets Hunter Henry back you know the offensive line is solid Melvin Gordon solid like the offense is very good and it, it should improve whether that's more rushing production or more passing production we don't know but I think that, yeah, I think people will start to forget about him or, or like, really take a look at the age and that he could end up being a value for you. So I like him. I mean, if, if I'm desperate, I'll take a flyer on the guy. But if there's other quarterbacks available on the board, I'm not touching Phillip Rivers. It's just, I'm, like, like Lee said, he's 37 years old and, you well, just don't want to touch him. Well, when I went into my a lot of my drafts last year, uh, I stuck to the wait on quarterback philosophy. And in one league, I got Mahomes and Big Ben because I wanted to get a veteran. And I got him, and I think I think I got Big Ben in like the tenth round, and then Mahomes was like in the thirteenth or fourteenth. And it ended up like, man, I had two of the top quarterbacks in fantasy, so didn't know, didn't know what to do about it. So, yeah, Phillip Rivers has a capability of having the same kind of, oh, man, everybody slept on him and look, 
I, if I'm drafting him, I'm also drafting another quarterback, and I'm playing the matchups. And if it turns out to be fantasy gold, you've got yourself a key to better your roster and better your roster big time. So up next at number 17 is Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's going to be way higher uh, in scoring here just because of running alone. I mean, sure, we can, we can, I'm, I'm not saying he's the best passer in the world. I just know they're going to cater the offense to him. And I'm excited to see the points with his ground. I'm, I'm absolutely buying Lamar Jackson as the 16.5 ADP. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, Lee? Well, yeah, it seems like we're disagreeing a lot today because. Oh, that's fine. Just, yeah, which is fine. Definitely, you got to hear both sides before you make a decision. But I don't know. I think if I'm an NFL coach, I'm looking to really limit the hell out of the run. And I think that. I don't know. I think that in this year too, they've seen it. They've seen what the Ravens want to do on offense, and I think that there's going to be a lot of emphasis put on stopping Lamar Jackson and stopping the run. And I think that he's not he's not there as a passer yet, which which is going to limit his fantasy value. So I think that I don't think this is the year for him. I think if he can really develop as a passer, it could be next year or the year after. But I think right now is not my time in redraft where I'm drafting him. What are your thoughts? I'm not touching the kid. There's quarter, there's quarterbacks lower than him that I would draft in a heartbeat over him. Well, I'm excited you're in one of my leagues because I will touch him. Yeah, you go ahead and touch him, and, <laughs> and when he he gets you two fantasy points a week, you just remember this conversation. Okay, so at 18 and 19 are, you know, I like Lamar, but I like the I think I like the next two guys better. Um, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky at 18 and Josh Allen at 19. I think Josh Allen's a league winner, man. I really do, and I unfortunately I think that data is going to support my thought. I think he's going to rise up boards and drafts because I think a lot of people are going to have that same idea. Lee, do you think that people are going to keep sleeping on Josh Allen as being uh, as being that, or what? Are, what are your thoughts on him? I don't know exactly how the community is is going to think about him, but give me all the Josh Allen, like you said, QB one for the past six weeks, for the last six weeks of the season. The dude just has the rushing. He's got the um, covert rushing ability as opposed to design plays for Lamar. Like he's a guy who can really escape the pocket and give you a lot of rushing production, and has got the cannon arm that can throw it downfield. I think that yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a league winner too. He's just the guy you're gonna get. And you the, know, you know who else people are sleeping on when it comes to Josh Allen is Robert Foster. That guy went hand-in-hand in in pretty decent fantasy production the last month of the season, and they added Smokey John Brown. So if he – I mean, I worry because the sickle cell trait that he has, apparently sometimes he's healthy, sometimes he's not, but he had an okay season with the Ravens last year. And then they added Cole Beasley in the slot, and they have Zay Jones as well who actually came on towards the last month too. So they have quite a few – quite a few – weapons for him especially they can stretch the field and do what he does he runs and then he throws things crazily down there so what are your thoughts chris on josh allen the only worry about josh allen is, has always been his accuracy and then he gets he's not quite as durable what I, I mean i would draft a guy i mean i i might personally take trubisky over josh allen see the reason why i skipped over trubisky and i want to hear lee's thoughts on him as well is i think the bears are going to be a very good team i think the bears could win that division two years in a row. Uh, the Packers, I think, might give them a run for their money. But Trubisky got injured last season because he was a running fool. There was, what, a game he had over 100 yards on the ground. So he's one of the running quarterbacks I kind of tout less because when he came back from the injury, he really didn't run. It, it kind of just became a pocket quarterback, and that is not great. Now, it's year three. We talked about it earlier. That year three, that year four range is when we see a lot of growth or – Ew, they're I, really not the guy. I don't, I don't need to draft a running quarterback to win my fantasy league. Okay. I mean, that's if if he's able to run the ball, cool. But if he doesn't, that's okay too. Well, what se- what separates him from the other guys though? Would you rather have Would you rather have Ben Roethlisberger or Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky, because of his age. What about you, Lee? What are your thoughts on Trubisky? Yeah, so Big Ben's a tough. I'd, I'd probably take Trubisky because I'm not a huge Big Ben fan, but I'm not a huge Trubisky fan. I just think that. Nagy kind of schemed him, schemed him guys open way more often than normal for an NFL team, and I think that he's going to have a lot more trouble this year. Like I don't even, I don't think there will be that breakout that some people are expecting. I think almost a regression, 
I don't know. I don't think he's a good quarterback. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. And I think that he's got a good coach, but we'll see if that if that play calling can continue to give him open guys, or if he's going to have to make some really good reads and really great throws. I think Trubisky is. I think the Bears are going to be good, and I think Trubisky is good. I just I like the upside to everyone else that's getting drafted in this range more. Uh, Tom Brady is sitting at number twenty. What are we doing with Tom Brady, man? I mean, he is. He's Tom Brady. I'm drafting him. Are you drafting him at this at this spot? He's ranked twentieth. He's gonna give you more value than that, right? Absolutely. He'll give you top fifteen value. What do you, What are your thoughts, Lee? Yeah, I mean, I'll draft him there. He'll He'll throw a touchdown. The offense is gonna be good. It, they might go a little bit more running run heavy, but I mean, he's Tom Brady, so I'm drafting him. Yeah, I mean, every time you. You pick against the guy, it just gives more, more fuel to his fire. He's like the Michael Jordan of football. Well, and he's you can just pencil in thirty touchdowns, right? Yes, with, or at with, least twenty five. Is, is is are we are we not thinking strong enough about the Gronk issue? No. Is that does that does that limit the touchdown upside with Brady? No, they got too many weapons. They filled spots. All right, so we've got let's see, Kirk Cousins at number twenty one. Now the home dude's got weapons. Uh, I don't eat, I don't care for Kirk Cousins. I think I've went on the record on this multiple times, but I think it as the nineteenth quarterback that's being drafted. I think you can you can you can bite on Kirk Cousins and be fine. Like for instance, if you're someone who gambles on Lamar Jackson, I, that might be a good pairing of the two. I think. What What are your thoughts, Lee? Yeah, I, I actually I do like Cousins at at his value right now. I think he's a major choke artist. He's been in the NFC East for a little while, so yeah, that doesn't. It's a good thing that doesn't matter in fantasy, really. Right, <laughs> right. Um, he's got the weapons. He should have an improved offensive line. With, uh, I believe they took Garrett Bradbury in the first round of center, who they really needed. And I, I think that yeah, he should have some more time in the pocket to find you know Thielen and Diggs get get open like nobody else. So if he can just find them like he kind of showed he could last year. He could. He should be a top fifteen quarterback pretty easily. As long as he doesn't play, you don't want to start him if he plays the Bills again, which won't happen. That's every four years because they destroyed him, and then uh, you would absolutely sit him against the Bears because I think he still has nightmares about playing the Bears defense. He looked terrified. <laughs> he looked absolutely terrified out there. <laughs> would you? You would look terrified playing oh, the Bills midway as well. I probably would too. <laughs> so we've got it: number 22, 23, 24, 25. We've got Jimmy G sitting at twenty two. Sam Darnold at 23, Matt Stafford at 24, and then we've got Derek Carr at 25. That's those; These are the guys we're going to close it with. So my thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo are I don't know enough to say that I can tell individuals you should go for him. I like the price. The price is right. And I, I do think that you need to go with two quarterbacks if you're drafting him. And I do think that I, I do like what I know Shanahan's offense can do. I just don't know how red zone proficient he is yet and if he's going to be a guy that gets you enough touchdowns. I think the yards will be there. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Jimmy G, Lee? Number one, is extremely handsome. I think that's the most important thing to point out. Oh, he's very pretty, for sure. Absolutely. Do the porn stars love him. <laughs> and then number two is just, yeah, kind of – he produced. He won games when he was traded with them, but it didn't produce fantasy wise. So I'm not sure. I mean, the, um, Shanahan is doing everything he can to put weapons around him with those two second round, second round wide receivers in uh, Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel. He also but, has Tevin Coleman for him as well. And Tevin Coleman, exactly. He's a good pass catching running back. But yeah, I'm just not sure if he's ever going to be a really proficient fantasy quarterback. So he's. I probably wouldn't draft him unless I'm pairing him with someone else. Uh, yeah, I think I think it'd be with with those quarterbacks right there. I think I would rather draft Darnold or Stafford over him. Oh yeah, Darnold. I think you know, we'll go right into it. I think Darnold's going to be fantastic for fantasy this year. He really kind of came on. He wasn't one of the. He didn't crack the top five, but he had him in the Aaron Rodgers shootout game, which was Week 15, I believe. It was the the normal fantasy championship week. So I think that was Week 15. It was fantastic. Uh, Robbie Anderson with, looks awesome. I think Herndon's going to be really good for fantasy. Obviously, if Lev Bell, Bilal, Bilal Powell's back again, pass-catching running backs, I 
I'm buying Darnold completely at 23. Don't tell Jenna about Bullet Pal. She'll go crazy. <laughs> what do you think? Lee? What do you think about about? Are you a buyer at this point? The 23rd uh, I'm, quarterback. I'm a, I'm a big Sammy G fan. I, I have a lot of um, Jets fan, Jets friends at school. So he's he's indoctrinated into me that um that he's gonna be the guy. And I really do think he will be, and I think he'll take a step up, and I think his weapons are good enough where he could um, he could produce. So definitely, uh, he's a guy I'd take late. I I took him in our uh, in our keeper league in our in our little fourteen superflex. That was the first quarterback I took was Sam Darnold. Yeah, I'm a big. I think I'm interested to see what Gase does. So here's the here's the one thing oh, that I want guys. I want buyer to be aware of that. When we say buy buy Sam Darnold, you're getting him at such a cheap value, but protect yourself. If you're getting Drew Brees, you know what you have. You have Drew Brees, right? And you're paying a premium for Drew Brees. Well, Sam Darnold's ranked way down here, and let's look at the quarterbacks in Miami last year. Let's look at the quarterback situation, and it was not pristine. There was games where they ran like so many weird bootlegs, and he, he can be a creative guy, but sometimes it, it equals wins on the on the field. But it won't equal fantasy relevance. So I think Darnold is going to beat this and be fine. I, I love what I saw towards the end of the year. But always protect yourself if you're waiting this long. Now, Matt Stafford's 24. I, I'm liking it, man. I, I feel better at Stafford this late than I do about Phillip Rivers. But I think both are fine plays if they continue to fall in drafts. People are just forgetting about Stafford, I think. What are your thoughts on Stafford, Chris? Well, he's getting older and... His team doesn't win. I think a lot of people are putting that two and two together. Uh, but he, you know, he's 31. Team doesn't win. He still produces as a fantasy quarterback, though. I mean, if he's 24 on that list, I'm taking him. I mean, I'll take him. I'll take him every day of the week. Lee, Staff, Stafford is my glue guy. Is it? Are the Lee? Are people scared away because they think that they're going to turn into the the Cowboys of the North and just run the ball so much that he's not going to have the passing yards he once did? Is that what's going on? I think so. I mean, I think Buffalo has said multiple times like they want to establish the run, and they, I, don't, I don't know if Stafford's made out to be a game manager necessarily, but I think they might try to use him as such. And I don't know, he's, he's so late that it, it's worth taking a risk on him. But I don't know if he's like the late. Like I'd rather have Darnold over him. I think just because there's a lot. I think there's a lot more upside there. I, well, I would agree with that. Look at it from this perspective. When I know we're going back a few years, when Tony Romo was asked to throw the ball. 35-plus times a game, the Cowboys usually lost. When they figured out a running game, and he only had to throw the ball 20, 30, somewhere between 25 and 35 times a game, and no more than that, Tony Romo became a better quarterback. Right. He wasn't a game manager anymore. It just wasn't put on his shoulders. He didn't have to throw the ball 50 times. You throw the, 50 ball, the ball 50 times, you're asking too much of a quarterback. So looking from that perspective, if you can be a more balanced offense with Sam with uh, Stafford, excuse me, then you have a better version of himself because he's not asked to do everything, and he can make. He's not being asked to make the big play every every time he's throwing the ball. And uh, are we in agreement at twenty five? We're all out on Derek Carr. Just go elsewhere. Give me Andy Dalton. <laughs> what are your? Yeah, there's no. I mean, in Superflex, you have to take him. Right. But outside of that, it's just like he shouldn't be on your roster. He should be on everyone's waiver wire until we see otherwise. Right. He's he prove me. Prove it to me. Yeah. Show me that you can be fantasy relevant like you were three years ago for a little bit. Just, just but think. yeah, I I'm not I I'm not inviting I'm not going to put draft stock into him. I, I would need to see it before I would would buy it. Yeah, I'm not touching it. So Lee, we're going to cover your articles now. We're going to move on to you, sir. So your first article, tell me about it that we're going to discuss today. Yeah, so the first article is um, hop off the Chris Godwin hype train and. I like Chris Godwin as a player. Don't get me wrong. He's from the area. He went to Penn State. So, you know, the Philly area. And Matt Harmon really likes him. So I want, the positives are Matt Harmon really likes him. He gets open. And he looks pretty good on tape. But because of that, people have kind of decided that he's going to be a wide receiver one eventually. And so I kind of look at, in my article, I looked at the past, um, for Bruce Arians at least, the past, since he's been a coordinator for 11 years, I think, you know, what his wide receiver twos have done. Because I don't think there's any question. I mean, if you want to talk, please 
talked to me on Twitter about Chris Godwin being the one over Mike Evans, but I just don't think that's, that's the case. I don't think we're there yet. But in, um, so on average, uh, Bruce Arians' wide receiver two has finished as the wide receiver 33. So that's not a great start, especially since Godwin's getting drafted at wide receiver 24 right now, in Dynasty at least. So if you're in a league, then, so if you're in a league that has the the standard two wide receivers and a flex, people are drafting him as a wide receiver two, and he should be more about the flex appeal. Yeah, and he and he could end up being a wide receiver two. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, the of the top five Aryan seasons, um, and that included guys like A. B. Hines Ward, T. Y. Hilton. On average, the, of those top five seasons. The, uh, the wide receiver two finished as the wide receiver twenty four, so he definitely could return value as a wide receiver two, as right at the back end of it. But I highlight some trades that um that were made for him in in, in DLS Trade Finder, and some of them are just like one of them was Godwin for Fournette straight up. There was another one where it was Godwin and two hundred one for Darius Geis. There was um. Godwin and Kenneth Dixon for Stephon Diggs. Like, some of these trades are just, just absolutely ridiculous. So the main point of my article was just basically that, you know, you can buy Chris Godwin if he's, if he's going as, like, a wide receiver, like a back-end wide receiver, too. But don't expect him to jump into early wide receiver two territory or wide receiver one territory ever. Now, something, something you know, I, you didn't cover on that. I know a lot of those receivers, you know, Antonio Brown, Hines, Ward, and all that, they didn't have a Mike Evans as wide receiver one. Does that help him out any at all? No, I actually think I think the opposite. I don't think it's like a Juju A-B situation where it relieves the pressure. I think it's just more that they're going to funnel the targets towards Mike Evans. You know, he's a 140-target-plus guy. Um, he always has been. He always will be. He's under contract for four years. And I think that if he actually does end up playing the slot, it should benefit him. But I just don't know. With, with O.J. Howard also there, and then they talk about Justin Watson kind of taking a, a, doing a third-year breakout, I just don't know if, if, if he's going to get the target share to really warrant him being a, a high-end wide receiver too. Is that why people you think are jumping on him at his ADP? Is that they think the vacated targets by Humphreys being gone is going to make him get more? Yeah, I think that they're, they're jumping on that. Arians has said that that he could be a 100-catch guy, which is kind of crazy since no one, none of his receivers, since he's been OC or head coach, have ever done that, his wide receiver twos at least. So... It's kind of crazy that that he said that. I don't. Know, I, I. It's you want to believe what a coach says, but it's a little bit ridiculous to think that a guy will have a hundred catches as a wide receiver too. Well, I agree with you, man. And the reason why I do is because when I look at a situation and I'm trying to make a draft pick, right? And I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is this is the position I'm going for. Let's say I've gone wide. Let's say I've gone running back heavy, and the wide receivers have fallen off the board, and I'm looking at Godwin now. Okay, I look at Godwin and then I see kind of who goes around him. And sometimes I might reach depending on that. So I'm looking at Godwin on Fantasy Pros right now. And he, they have them as, as wide receiver 21. And I'm looking at 22 Sammy Watkins, 23 is Alshon Jeffrey, 24 is DJ Moore. I really don't like that grouping at all. So I think I might be looking for a running back with more upside or I'm going to become a reacher. Uh, I'm a big, big Robbie Anderson guy coming into this year, and you're looking at Robbie Anderson as the 27th ranked wide receiver. I think I might, at that point, if there's not a running back I feel that is flex appeal, this guy's some legit flex appeal, I think I might be going as with Robbie Anderson all day long or Tyler Boyd or even Mike Williams. I think I like that grouping of guys better than him. I feel better about what I might get in return. Uh, for this fantasy season with those guys. Well, I think if you're if that little group and you, that first group and you said, I think DJ Moore's probably got the most upside. Sure. Well, we don't know. Well, he's going to be wide receiver one in Carolina. I mean, they don't have Devin Funches there anymore. I think I think Samuel. What do you think, Lee? You think it's going to be Samuel in Carolina? I think I think DJ Moore is probably wide receiver one there. Okay. The draft capital, and he did show flashes, kind of like Samuel last year. So I take I take uh, DJ Moore over Chris Godwin a thousand percent because he had that upside. Yeah. Okay. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna play a little Would You Rather. 
I went to fantasycalculator.com and I've pulled a couple uh, positions and drafts. And we're going to look at who you should draft, this guy or this guy. And we're going to tell the people what decisions they can make. Before we do that, though, I do want to let everyone know about uh, a fully customable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com. Brought to you by the guys at CPMC. The service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast. That's CPMC Podcast and creatorrank.com backslash product backslash CPMC. Check them out. I'm hearing just amazing things about those guys. Oh, I yeah. actually, we're actually going to have them break down our dynasty league. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see what they. Th- I've never, I've never heard about anything until this. They're, they're probably going to tell um, Alex that you should be fired when they, when they do. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. With the way, with, with the draft, yeah. <laughs> I kid. It's a television commercial. All right. So on to would you rather? Uh, so first, uh, Lee, what I broke down. Lee, are you still with us? Yeah, still here. Okay, good. So what I broke down uh, first off, so most leagues that are drafting are ten to twelve person leagues. Would we, would we all are all three of us in agreement agreeance on that? Yes. Yep. So I've lo- I've got eleven through fourteen. So these are the guys that are going pick 11, 12, 13, and fourteen. So normally it's a snake draft, so you're getting two of these guys. So I want both of you to pick the two that you would draft if you're picking a picking eleventh. So Todd Gurley is number eleven. James Connors number twelve. You've got Mixon, Thomas, OBJ's fifteen. Even though he's not, I, I'm doing eleven to fourteen. I still threw it out there. So Lee, I'll let you start. If you're got two of these right now and you're building your league, these are your first two picks. Which two guys are you starting your team with? Yeah, I want um, I want Mixon and OBJ. I think Mixon is a guy who, on a bad team, really thrived last year as an RB1, and I think he should do the same this year. And then I think OBJ, it's tough because he moved to a new situation, so you haven't seen him with Baker Mayfield. But, I mean, he's he's one of the top receivers in the league for a reason, and he gets a better quarterback now. So I'm going to take those two guys and be happy about it. Chris, what about you? I mean, that's really a tough call because I really, really want to draft Gurley. But... With all the news coming out and everything, you just don't know. So I think I'm just going to do the exact same thing Lee did. I'm taking Mixon and uh, OBJ. All right. So with me, I am going to tout Todd Gurley completely, uh, especially at this point. If he's if he's falling to 11, I think that's a safe spot because I think Mixon comes with question marks uh, of, of injuries as well. And I do think Mixon is a fine play. Mixon and Gurley were actually on my championship team that I ended up winning, although Gurley didn't quite play in the championship. But I I think that if it's me, the pairing that I'm doing is I'm going Michael Thomas and Todd Gurley is going to be the two guys that I that I would pick out of, out of this group. I think Connor's very, very good. And I, I, want, I want to try to get, if I'm in this cusp here, I want to try to get a, an elite wide receiver and... I want to get Todd Gurley. I will draft accordingly and be smart when I draft, knowing that I probably should stack up a few more running backs because of the question mark that Gurley does have there. But I think the upside is just too great if you're yeah. looking at number 11, is, is my opinion. And once again, I try to play, I try to make my decisions with your, it's, you're playing fantasy, you're probably, you're probably playing for money. So what I don't want you to waste your money. This is what I would do. I would I'm a steamboat gambler on situations like this, but I'm going to also protect my pick and make sure that I might take a few more lottery ticket, you know, maybe a Royce Freeman later in the draft. Guys that if something happens could be the dude just in case something falls. So next is and this is going to lead into your next article later probably, Lee. Um you're looking at the 20th pick. So you're sitting there, it's the second round. And you've got Chubb, you've got Mike Evans, and then you've got Williams on Kansas City. Which guy, Lee, are you taking of the three? Yeah, so um, the, in the redraft, it's a little bit different, actually. I It's really, really close between Chubb and Evans. And to, it, it also kind of depends on roster construction. Like if, if I've got 
if I've got a running back already, then I'd probably go Evans. But vice versa, I'd probably go Chubb. Just because I think I think Chubb's a little bit limited this year because Kareem Hunt gets back week eight, and I do think Hunt's a talented running back, and they'll give work to him. So I think that it depends for me, honestly. I, I know it's a bit of a cop out, but well, you think? Let's look at it this way: most leagues are ten to twelve picks, right? So chances are you've picked one of the top five running backs already. Uh, I think that if when when it's over said and done with, when we collect data, that I think the first five picks in every draft and redraft are going to be running backs. Right, so when it comes back up, if you want to be the guy that starts running back, running back, you're about to pick again relatively soon. You could absolutely go Chubb and then get a, still a, a Thielen or a Diggs or somebody of that nature, right? So for me, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm going Chubb just because I think that that he's gonna be your RB two, teamed with probably one of the top. You probably have Kamara and Chubb as your top two running backs if you're drafting in the twenty spot. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? For me, if it's a redraft, I'm taking Chubb. Uh, sorry, excuse me. If it's if it's a redraft, redraft, uh, yeah, I will take Chubb. If it's a keeper league, I'm going to take Evans all day. Okay. It, it it really just depends on which league I'm in, is where, which way I'm going to go on that stuff. All right. So up next, pick forty-one. So we're in the back of the third round or the beginning of the fourth, depending on if you're a ten or twelve man league. We have Philip Lindsay, Ingram. Brandon Cooks, Galladay, and then about ten point, about right around the fifty range where he's getting drafted is David Montgomery. At forty one, if he's available, I think I'm going to reach for Montgomery. I think I would draft him over those three. What are your thoughts, Lee? Um, I'm Brandon Cooks all day, just perennially, perennially on disrespected wide receiver. Finishes between wide receiver ten and wide receiver thirteen every year, and to get him at Kenny Galladay value seems a little a little crazy for redraft. So give me give me Cooks all day. I'm taking Cooks as well. I took him in our in our Superflex league. I mean, I'm not passing on the kid. I, I agree with Lee 100. He's undervalued. I'm taking him every day of the week. I don't dislike that, and tr- chances are I'm a pretty high, uh, running back heavy drafter. So it depends on kind of how it would stack. But if I'm already running too deep at running back at that point, going into the fourth round, I think you could do a lot worse than Cooks as your that's yeah. certainly a good wide receiver one yeah. at that point. Uh, but I think Montgomery would be, because I think if Montgomery's still around in the fourth, I, man, I think he's going to be in a third-round draft pick when it's over, said, and done with because of the hype once the preseason starts. We'll see. The story The story on that has yet to be written. For all we know, Mike Davis could still be getting uh, a lot of carries or uh, reps in practice, so maybe people might beware a little bit, uh, worried about that situation. So it's 60 we have Mike Williams and Calvin Ridley. Lee, which guy are you if 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 you're choosing a wide receiver at number 60, which one of these two are you choosing? That is oh, that's like an impossible question for me because I love both these guys and I think they're both great. I think uh, I I couldn't I'm going to go Ridley just because I think he has shown a little bit more than Williams has despite Williams' prowess in the red zone just as a, a route runner, and I think Williams, well, I think he should have another breakout year, like he should continue to become a better player and put up more production. I just think that Hunter Henry might reduce those touchdowns, and I think Ridley is just a insanely good route runner who should be a, a great wide receiver, too, for the Falcons. I'm going to take Mike Williams, who I think is going to be wide receiver one for the Chargers. I mean, I'm absolutely taking that kid. That kid dominated down the stretch last year. I think that Hunter Henry is going to be extremely great for Mike Williams. I think that Henry is such a red zone threat that Mike Williams is going to be able to get more red zone looks than than we even think that he possibly can. I like both guys. I'm I'm with Lee, but I think I go Williams because I think the upside is immense, and both are fine fantasy plays. And and honestly, I think if you're picking between these two guys at pick sixty, I think you're winning regardless. I think you're making a good a good choice. So at 75, we have Robbie Anderson. Okay? We all agree that Robbie Anderson's pretty solid, right? Are we are we liking him there? Or are we reaching for a guy that's going five picks later and and, and continuing to build our running back crew with with Rashad Penny? What are we doing here, Lee? If 
I'd say I'd only take Penny if we punted running back pretty early and we only have like one guy or like one guy at a questionable number two because I think Penny's coming to camp in better shape than last year. He's been talking with Marshall Falk, breaking down film with him, and he's ready to take that. Take he's taking the NFL seriously finally. But Chris Carson is still a viable running back, and he, while he gets injured a lot, I do think they will split work, and I think Robbie Anderson should benefit from Sam Darnold's second year campaign. So, I agree, man. I think if you can start your draft with two good, super awesome running backs and Let's say you end up with Kelsey, too. Let's just say that's the weird build you got going on. And then you go get a running back in your flex, too. I would be okay with Robbie Anderson being my wide receiver one if I am if I have a build like that. I, I really would. I think he's going to get very close to that value, if not that value. Chris, are you are you a Penny guy or are you an Anderson guy at this point? I mean, it all depends on, like you said, it depends on roster construction. So if I've got a running back, I'll probably pass on, on Penny and go Anderson. Because I think it's probably, in this case, it's going to be the safer pick. Right. It's just hard for me not to look at lottery tickets, though. That's why I brought up the conundrum. Because if it's the 7th and 8th round, chances are you've already got a wide receiver or two. And as much as I like Robbie Anderson, Penny could be a league winner if the if the situation arises. The, the talent's there. The pedigree's there. The draft capital is there. Yep. And I'm all about me when I draft. I'm so aggressive. I want that guy that could make me beat everyone. So sometimes I, I make that decision when I draft being aggressive. So at number 100, this is the last would you either, would you, uh, would you either question. It's Emmanuel Sanders or Geronimo Allison. Lee? I, I think that, I don't know, I, have to, I think I have to go Geronimo Allison just because of the unknown. And I guess, I guess there's a little unknown with Sanders' injury. But... To be, if, if he can really take take that slot role, which I've heard he's going to in Green Bay, you know, Randall Cobb put up some big numbers with uh, with Rodgers, and I think that they'll pass the ball if they always do. And I, I think there's a lot of upside with Jonathan Allison, whereas like coming off an Achilles injury as a 30 plus year old is just a tough feat to accomplish. Well, he started, he actually started running routes yesterday in, in Denver, so he's already on the fast track to playing this season. Yeah, the recovery's coming well. I'm just worried about just the explosiveness in-game and just you saw with Demarius Thomas, like he wasn't the same. Yeah, but Demarius Thomas's skill set already started diminishing before the Achilles injury. So would you take Emmanuel Sanders over Allison, Chris, is what you're saying? Uh, in a redraft league, I'll, I would probably take uh, Emmanuel Sanders. In a dynasty league, I'd probably go with Allison for upside. I just think... I think it's Allison all day in either situation for me. Um, Allison's gambling on himself. He just signed a one-year deal with Green Bay. I don't think he's gambling on himself. He's doesn't. He could have. He could have went out and, and signed. He signed his. He signed. He signed his his tender to do one year and to see what was happening. He didn't test free agency uh, because Cobb is gone. He has had a little bit of an injury history, so you have question marks with both gentlemen. I think for me, it's more of a question of I think Geronimo and I think that. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great year, and Flacco is Flacco, okay? And we have, with Flacco, we have Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton, and a lot of the running backs. I just think there's a lot more targets to go around in Denver, so I I would be a buyer on Geronimo Allison at this situation, is my thoughts. So, so Lee, now we're going to talk about your other article in closing. Uh, Lee did another fantastic article about Nick Chubb. And why you should be a buyer, and uh, quite frankly, why he thinks he's a league winner. So, uh, tell me about Nick Chubb, Lee. Yeah, so Nick Chubb is a guy who I just really, really love, and I think obviously there's Saquon and there's Zeke, but I think he could end up in the conversation for the overall RB one in a couple of years. And here's why: um, starting off last year, he was ranked number one, the best running back by Pro Football Focus. So they, they graded watched his tape, they graded him out, and he came up as the top top rated running back. He um he also led the league in yards per um, carry after contact, which is an interesting stat because it means that he can break through break through tackles and you know, really really excel. He had a very high yards per carry, I think it was fifth in the league. I don't have the article in front of me, but um definitely check it out at Creator Ranks. And he also was fourth in broken tackles 
or avoided tackles, despite not even starting every game that season. So those are the reasons from an like, analytical perspective why I'm buying. Just from just an overall perspective, I think the Browns' offense should be a top-five offense for the next five or so years. They have the weaponry. The offensive line is relatively young. There's no no one's over. None of the starters are over 28. They've got OBJ, Jarvis Landry. So they're uh, Antonio Calais, who said that he's going to have a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, which isn't going to happen. But you like to see the confidence, and I've heard he's looks good in camp. And just all those guys, and then Joku can really take the pressure off the run game, and they can't really stack the box. Baker Mayfield is one of the best up and coming quarterbacks in the league. And if you look at the history of um, top five offenses, of those top five offenses, they always have a running back, almost always have a running back finish in the top 12. So I think that being on that offense, as long as Kareem Hunt does not re-sign with the Browns, I think, he could end up being a premier running back for a premier offense. And that's why I'm, I'm buying wherever I can. I would uh, I would concur. The running backs going around the same spot that Chubb is going are Dalvin Cook, Marlon Mack, Damian Williams, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, and Devontae Freeman, and Aaron Jones. So you have a situation with all of these running backs where more than likely, carry-wise, they're all getting the same. Uh, anywhere between 15 to 18 touches a game, probably. So yes, I I full I hold, I'm not afraid of Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem I think Kareem Hunt will make Chubb even better. Personally, if that if that situation happens, because I think that he comes in on passing downs, he uh, keeps him fresh. So I, uh, Kareem Hunt doesn't scare me away of uh, of Nick Chubb. What about you, Chris? Well, Kareem Hunt doesn't scare me away for the first eight weeks of the season. Well, of course he's not there. Uh, exactly, Kareem <laughs> Hunt, Hunt is going to take. Carries away, he's going to take catches away. I mean, we know Kareem Hunt's from his time in Kansas City is he's a top ten running back. So these and you talk about OBJ, Landry, Callaway, and Joku. There's a lot of a lot of people to get this ball to. It's going to be really hard to say this guy's going to get 15 touches a game and this guy's going to get 15 touches a game. It's going to, it's going to be hard to maximize his potential. That I agree. It I I you're not making an invalid point. But were, was there a situation two years ago where there were two running backs on the same team that were in the top ten with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara? Can it happen? Can down the stretch, once you've made it past week eight, and Kareem Hunt slowly gets into it, so we're looking week, let's, let's say playoff time, Well, is there, is there, could, could they both be fantasy startable? Well, see, what your, what, your argument is also based off Mark Ingram got more touchdowns than anybody. That's probably not going to happen to subsidize this. They should be a good offense. The the threat of touchdowns can be there, right? Yeah, but you can't bank on, hey, this guy's going to get 12 touchdowns the last eight games of the season after he comes back. You can't do that for, for one season. If if it's a full season, then, yeah, you could say, this. You, I'm good with drafting both. But, well, I don't know if I would draft both because then you'd be, they'd be like Tevin Coleman and, uh, what's his name, uh, Devontae Freeman a few seasons ago where Coleman was a flex and Freeman was an RB2. So Lee, so Lee, what are your thoughts on Kareem Hunt? How's how's it going to affect this whole situation when he does eventually get onto the field? Yeah, I don't know. I just think that for I think for the first eight weeks, Chubb will absolutely dominate, which will definitely help you win some some leagues or some matchups for sure because he's going to get every single goal line carry. Duke Johnson's not a threat to that, and in a high powered offense, they should be in the in the red zone a lot. So I think that that's and I think even when Hunt comes back, he should still see a lot of the goal line work and, and a lot of the early down work. So I think that, you know, he'll still end up seeing his 15 touches and his three goal line carries or however many per game. So I think I think you're fine with Hunt. Obviously, Hunt's a good running back and he'll take away some work. But I, I don't expect him to be a Cleveland Brown after this year. And if you look at And if you look at who you're drafting and how you're building your roster with Chubb, it looks like if he's if he's going to continue to go in that twenty range, which is what ADP suggests right now, you are picking one of the top five running backs, and he's going to be your RB two, and then you can get a wide receiver one right after. That is that is a strong if he, that's a strong build right there. That's very strong, and he could give you running back one numbers. You could have such a good advantage as long as you pick the right wide receiver or the right one falls in that situation because 
more than likely you're not reaching for Julio or whoever else if you have the fourth pick of the draft. You're drafting Kamara. You're drafting David Johnson. You're drafting uh, fill-in-the-blank of whatever name's going to be there. Right, whichever name's going to be there. So, all right, man. All right, boys. Episode three. We just locked it in. It's like Star Wars all over here. Yes. Yes, the revenge. The revenge of the lineup. (laughs) Episode three. So we hope that everybody who tuned into our podcast today learned a lot. Uh, The objective of being lineup locked is to do exactly that. Give you the tools to put a lineup together so you can beat everyone's butt and win your fantasy league. Uh, We're going to continue with the content. We're going to keep dropping nuggets on you so you can grow and you can learn. And uh, have our opinions on who should go where and what should happen. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at ChewOnSports, for my content there. Lee is at DynastyDingo, correct, sir? That would be correct. And then we've got Chris Temple at ctemp03. Boom. This is Lineup Locked. We are out. Peace. Peace.